Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's Garden Gossip Show. We love gossip, the good kind of gossip. And, uh, you know, we're also excited because it's the first Saturday of the month. It's the beginning of July, and that means Diva Linda, Linda Kassam, we call her the Diva. She is the food, wine, and shopping Diva, is back on the show. She's here every first Saturday, and she always brings good guests on the show. And today she's bringing Jessica Kahn from the Japanese Friendship Garden in Phoenix, Arizona on the show. And Linda's got a great article about it, uh, about her experience. You can see photos if you just go to Blend Radio and tv.com but honestly everything i talk about with links on the show they're all in the show notes whether you're watching this on youtube or facebook or listening on spotify or apple all that good stuff it's all in the show notes um but first welcome back to the show linda how are you diva linda i'm doing very well i'm in seattle um we're at low tide you can see the rocks are showing here and they're not supposed to be showing so um oh it's all good getting ready to go out into the depths of canada so um, this Ooh. is sort of our last uh, few rock. days stock up on stuff and then away we go. And, oh, uh, you mean stock we're... up on stuff, shopping? Diva Linda shopping. went shopping? Yes, yes. It's quite exciting because we have lots to fill. So um, <laughs> anyway, it's all good. I'm, I'm ready. Um, and I hope to see the Japanese garden in Seattle again because it's quite wonderful. That That is exciting, you know, and... I want to bring Jessica on from the, um, oh, Linda, there she is. She, she She's popping in and out. Um, but Jessica, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, thank you. Doing really good. Yeah, it's been uh, nice and cool, quote unquote, here in Phoenix. It's Let's see what the temp is right now. I think it's a little under 100 still, so I'm doing quite well. Ah, and by this time this airs on July 1st, you're going to be, you know, sizzling a little bit. But you've got water at the garden, so there's some cooling off areas, right? And shade in the garden for people if they get out early in the morning or come towards yes. the end of the day? Yeah, so we just transitioned to our summer hours. So we used to be fully closed uh, in the summer, but now we have our early morning hours from 8 a.m. to noon so people can still enjoy the garden through the summer hours. And it is oh, a lot perfect. cooler there with all of the, yeah, the water and the trees and the pond really makes it um, quite humid. Um, very much unlike the rest of Phoenix. So it's a really fun experience, even for locals. Wow. And and you're, you know, from Alaska. Now you're in Phoenix, Arizona. Did it take you a while to adjust? So when I moved down here, I came uh, down here for college. I went to ASU, but I moved down right at the beginning of classes in August. So I had to acclimate, I mean, within 24 hours. It was, I think, 118 when I came down here. And I think it was, it was pretty similar temperatures to where Linda's at, like maybe in the 60s from Anchorage, um, where I'm from. So it was a huge jump, um, but your body yeah, acclimates uh, incredibly well, especially under those kind of conditions. Mm. <laughs> it has to. So can you give everyone the website for the garden so people can go look at it while we're talking? Yes, yeah, so it's pretty important. Um, our website is japanesefriendshipgarden.org. There is a Japanese Friendship Garden in San Diego, and their website is, uh, I think it's niwa.org. But if you just Google Japanese Friendship Garden, um, it's kind of a toss-up whether the Phoenix one or the San Diego one comes up. So our website is japanesefriendshipgarden.org. Well, and Japanese gardens, you know, whenever you're in a botanical garden, 
and you see, oh, Japanese gardens, you just kind of, it's it's like a beeline. And um, I know Diva Linda, um, there's two things. She, well, she loves a lot of certain things like sparklies and things, but she loves gardens and she loves tea. So when she's like, I went to the Japanese friendship garden, I'm like, no kidding. Um, but obviously had a good time there. So you've got tea gardens, um, but you also have ceremonial teas. So it's kind of an interesting thing about how these gardens are like have gone across the country, how we can have these experiences. Yeah, so Japanese gardens are really unique. We're kind of in this middle ground between botanical garden, museum, recreational facility. It's kind of all of those things in one. Um, and especially compared to a botanical garden, you know, you won't see signs around depicting like the scientific names and things of the plants because that's not the focus of the Japanese garden. The focus is the aesthetics, uh, the feeling when you're there, and really just um, focusing on the here and now. And then we also, it's kind of like a recreational facility in the sense that, you know, we do have ceremonial tea, we have different type, kinds of tours, we have events. Um, so we have all of those cultural experiences too. I think the cultural experiences are pretty exciting. Diva Linda, I know that you said you in your article that you're on a waiting list. And I went, the diva's on a waiting list? Oh my gosh, what is this? A two year waiting list um, to go to the ceremonial tea? Yes, two years, my goodness. I, I lasted one year. And then thank goodness they came up with the, uh, the tea garden came up with an alternative uh, and it sold out like right away as well. So it's not the big, emotional, wonderful one that everybody wants to go to, but it was a wonderful three tea, matcha tea um, and some traditions uh, tea. And uh, it was very, very nice. And there was only about, I'd say not more than 15 of us if that, maybe oh, 10. Nice. Um, and uh, we got to hear how you do the tea, why, why the tea is important. We got to taste three teas. And that's, uh, for me, that was wonderful. I, re I really enjoyed it. And then, um, and then a big part of it too is to go around and um, uh, the gardens itself, there's gardens amongst gardens amongst gardens. It's sort of a, a chain thing and and um most of most of some of us with um sparkly shoes the wrong shoes uh were wondering why in the heck they put all these um stones in the garden instead of like a pathway and uh it was quickly explained that this is a way to make you slow down watch where you're going connect with the earth figure out where you are who you are, what you're doing. It was really lovely. Just just um, something that I had not seen in a, a Japanese tea before. So I really enjoyed it, but I'm really excited to get to the the one where we get to go in the, the small door. That'll be interesting to see oh. the small door of my back. See? And um, I just think this is such a remarkable place in the middle of Phoenix. I mean, if the one uh, in Seattle, the Japanese garden in Seattle, it's um, Seattle almost looks like the garden. So it's not a big difference when you when you go into the garden. But when you go in Arizona, there it is. It's all lush and beautiful. And what I appreciate is it's uncluttered. It's very uncluttered. And and that's on purpose. And 
everything has a purpose. You could just spend days. But I, my big tip here is um, get a guide. I've done this twice now. And the first time I went on my own and I loved it. But it was so much better with a guide, a docent, to go walk you around and tell you uh, why there's only two stones here or why the tips of the trees are up and some are down and some are leaning and some are not. And it all has a... It all has an overall picture, a big vision. And, you know, I like that. I like organization and I like to have a vision. Waterfalls. And I couldn't be prouder of this place. It was just really super special. And it's in your backyard, literally, in your Arizona home. See, that's really cool when you find these treasures, you know. Um, Jessica, what, what she was talking about, I think, is really fascinating. Isn't it? Um, I, I've been to a number of Japanese gardens and uh, and some of the ones, the sunken gardens, but it seems that everything is about like what Diva Linda says about slowing down, appreciating things, but also being in harmony with nature. Uh, Linda, you talked in your article that, you know, the pathways are not square and, you know, not like the English country garden where everything's manicured to a, you know, this is flowing and it seems to be very Zen for the word of it, you know, of um, it feels like you're, you're to be in harmony with nature. And so I have to uh, commend Linda on being so uh, attentive because, yeah, she really took away um, all of the major points that we want our uh, docents to, to touch on for guests. So thank you, Linda, for really absorbing and, and learning all of those um, things. But our garden in particular is designed um, in a kind of Mie Gakure style. And what that means is hide and reveal. And so the reason that the pathway is like in a loop or actually there's multiple loops um, is so that every time you kind of come around the side, you'll something will kind of pop out at you that it didn't before. Um, so our most, our, our hidden feature, if you're coming in from the front and go walking around toward the back of the garden is that waterfall. That's the big grand reveal of the garden. Um, and so we did, it was designed in, for the intention of, you know, no matter which way you're going, no matter how many times you walk around, there's always something um, or like a new view or a new um, garden feature that you may have not seen before. So that's the intention to really be in the moment, to really kind of, yeah, look at everything around you. Um, gardens are also really about, you know, your five senses. So, you know, not just sight, but the, the smells, the sounds, even the touch you know when you're walking around like how it feels is it colder is it warmer um because the behind the waterfalls are mountain area and i think that's if i recall i think it's 20 feet or 18 feet above sea level so actually especially in the winter it gets really cold back there so when you're in the, our mountain area it really feels like you're on a mountain walk it's freezing <laughs> and it's uh, more wild back there um so really the garden is every single thing um, is intentionally designed there's nothing that's not on purpose. Oh, that's cool. One thing I found fascinating, and I didn't get enough of it, so I'm hoping our class will come up, um, is how the gardening was set up and then how it is kept up. Can you talk about that, how it was set up and then how it's, because it's not just like they set it up and then they went, let's hire some people to come in that are day gardeners, that, that, they, they wear special clothes, gloves, they, special ladders. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, so the um, our garden was created through a sister city partnership. So Phoenix is partnered with Himeji Japan. And in 1986, I believe, um, 
to celebrate, I think it was their 10 year uh, partnership at the time, um, the Himeji mayor had pr proposed a garden. And so um, the Himeji Gardeners Association had partnered with the city of Phoenix to bring over um, designers, architects and gardeners from Japan to build the garden completely from scratch. And wow. it's crazy, we're on top of the highway. Um, we're on top of the I-10 highway tunnel. And so it literally was just dirt and concrete up there. It was absolutely, there's nothing. Um, so everything that you see, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. A lot of guests come in like, wow, like you picked such a good spot to build with this pond here. <laughs> but no, everything is completely um, built. Nothing was there before. The only thing that was there was the ficus tree by the tea house. So that huge, huge tree that covers the entire tea house um, is a ficus. And that was the only thing that was there originally. Everything else is is new. And we just celebrated our 20, 20th anniversary in November 2022. Um, oh, so we're not that new, but compared to other gardens, we're on the newer side for sure. That's, that's interesting too, how gardens come to be in, in Arizona, like in Tucson, all the main gardens like Tohono Chul Park and Tucson Botanical Garden were all residential gardens that, you know, when people moved out, they're like, hey, you got a cool garden, let's open it <laughs> to the public and they add or, you know, it's it's really neat because it's got that personal touch too. And yeah. I wanted to kind of go into a little bit with you on this, you know, Jessica, because it's interesting, your background in film, arts, anime, and um, also stationary creation. <laughs> Does uh, going to a place like this garden, you know, and working there obviously in this really cool place, but um, do the elements of design and the elements of calm help you with creativity and also just on that, yeah, boost creativity and help, help you even through like, because a lot of these gardens to me are meditational. It's a time to focus, breathe, something we all forget um, and to kind of really focus on something and, and declutter the monkey brain, which I do have a monkey brain and I have a sock <laughs> monkey. I do have a sock monkey, Priscilla, but um, does it help you with your creativity? Yes, absolutely. And I wrote, um, I started a new kind of, not program, but um, a new newsletter that I've been publishing on our website called KG Bond, which just means bulletin board. Um, but I've wanted to use it for our guests to kind of educate them about the purpose of Japanese gardens. So I did publish an article three weeks ago now um, called, you know, how to enjoy a Japanese garden, because the answer is there's really, I mean, it, it's really personal, um, but throughout history in Japan and in the West, the purpose of gardens has been, um, yeah, for creative, um, for like getting the creative juices flowing. Um, there's a lot of artists that visit our garden with sketch pads, little mini watercolor sets. And I mean, they're, you know, what it, what it inspires is it's really amazing. And I mean, not just that, but yeah, a lot of um, meditational purposes, um, a lot of people, come to our garden to process uh, difficult emotions too. A lot of folks come with family um, to process grief or difficult mm. things that they've gone through, which is was really moving to me. Um, and I originally started in the gift shop at the garden. So I was, um, our gift shop staff, they not only work in the gift shop, but they walk around outside too and talk with guests and kind of be that um, liaison. And so I got to talk with a lot of guests and a lot of them come to yeah process those emotions um, to a lot of family reunions happen there. It's a good place to just connect and be and talk and catch up. Um, but really, yeah, the, everyone has their own reason for really 
um, utilizing the garden in some way. And I mean, and that's our goal. There's no correct way um, to to use the garden in a sense. You're not, you know, like botanical gardens, maybe you're going there to appreciate the nature, but to learn as well. But for us, it's really, really depends on the guests and there's no wrong way to enjoy. And it's like, you, it's about being present to me is yeah. to remind us to be present in consciousness. You know, that's something, you know, I, I think about some of the, the gardens I have been to. There was one very, very small garden, Japanese garden in um, 29 Palms. It's at the Sky's the Limit Observatory and they built this meditational garden. And so people look at this and it's a, it's a patch of dirt with rocks and cactus put all in these different positions for a reason. And it's one of the gardens that you rake. And I think sometimes um, if you're, have, if you're struggling, if you're in grief, if you're angry, if you've got the clutter brain, I know about clutter brain, but I want organization. I'm like Viva Linda in that. But there's that you have to you have to like, you know, put everything in its place. To be able to rake is taking action, which helps you kind of sink into that meditational space. Whereas sometimes if someone just tells me to meditate, I'm gonna go. No, I'm not ready. I got this going. I'm here. I'm everywhere. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. there's something about that with these gardens and just having that ah, oh, calm. Did you feel that, Diva Linda, walking around that calm, that sense of place and presence? Yeah, almost immediately. And especially as you get uh, take one or the others, two paths you can take, right or left. And um, I think, uh, and it, what you're saying is true because there are several meditation benches or benches uh, around the facility and they're always taken. People just relaxing. It's really hard not to want to, you know, stomp your foot or make a noise or somehow engage with these people to tell them to move on, but they've been there too long. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, would She's be, a diva. that would be way incorrect, way, way, way incorrect. And, um, and another point I want to make is that this is a very accessible garden for all types of people and all types of mobility. It's flat. I can't think of hardly any stairs. Parking is free. Thank you very much. Easy. <laughs> a little difficult on your first try to get into the the uh, into the garden because as she did you're right next to the freeway and if you make a wrong turn you're on the freeway going down and you're gonna have to make a turn and try it try it over again but uh, once you do it once it's just fine and i don't know it's just a very peaceful loving green and for those of us to uh I spent a lot of time in Seattle, like myself. Um, green is important to me. I love the desert, but um, I like the green too. And that's just so easy and it's surrounding. It's not like um, somehow they did the view line so that you don't see desert at any point. Somehow, the, I mean, that was really smart, whether they did it intentionally or not. But all you see is green, 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 mm -hmm. lovely water, waterfall. Um, and as I said, and if you take a docent let tour for your first time, when you come back, it'll be even more meaningful. You remember the trees that they said they had to trim the tips and other ones go downward and, and some trees can't be too big and some can't be too small. So um, it's kind of fun to remember all those, all those docent led um, tips when you go uh, on your second visit, but for sure, if you need a day out and a time out, this is a really special spot for you just to go and uh, 
connect with the earth, even to the part about the stepping stones are hard to go on, but um, in certain, there's certain areas where the stepping stones are, you just have to um, remember it's there, it's, it's sort of uneven, and that's supposed to be the part about remembering to balance, balance your life. I mean, it, it's just so hard, everything has a, has a time and a place and a reason to be. I think that's what I like about it the most, and probably one of the best Japanese gardens that I've seen, and I've seen quite a few. Um, oh, wow, thank you. That, mean, that means a lot. <laughs> that means a lot. really highly, highly recommended. If you are coming to Seattle and you don't go there, you have really missed Phoenix. Something. In Phoenix, I just got to say Phoenix. <laughs> she's, Phoenix. She's in Seattle. Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, I do want. I want to say too. Um, you know, the Japanese peoples have, have are known, well known for their gardening um, abilities. You know, and I mean, it's it's centuries old, and they bring history with it, and all of this healing energy. And you know, there's a um, in our National Park Service. It's off of Highway 395. When you go from Joshua Tree up to, um, and I cannot for the life of me remember, it was yeah, an internment camp, Japanese internment camp, and I can't believe I can't remember the name. It's insane. And I know it. I talk about it. Manzanar. I think it is Manzanar. Um, and when you go there and you see where they were in this very desert, rugged, high desert, which means extreme heat, extreme cold, not very much water. And then you've got the mountains right behind the Sierra Nevadas. Like now you're going to be cold when it's cold. They had orchards with cherry trees. I'm like, how did they do this? Like, I, it's still like when I was there just very briefly and just looking at what they were able to do, little pathways, little bridges, everything rounded at this point where the most, you know, this horrific life event is happening to them. Let's garden. Let's garden, you know, and I think that's what we're talking about with, you know, people with grief um, yeah, and going through things that gardens, it means growth. It's like a sign of hope. And um, I think there's something about the curves that really help. And yet, even in the designs, um, even in Japanese art, there's the curve and the line. They are, you know, together all the time. You can't have just all curves and you can't have all lines, but you must have the curve and the line. Does that make any sense, Jessica? Yeah, yeah. You have to really have that balance. And I mean, yeah, like, I mean, as you guys have noticed, yeah, everything is intentional. And our Niwashi um, or our gardeners, I mean, when you watch them working, it's they're they're in that meditative state as they work and they do a lot of um, gardening by hand. So you'll see them like, for example, our, our pine trees, um, they get pruned twice a year. And so you can watch our Niwashi prune them and it's all by hand. I mean, they have snips and they're cutting off um, some of the branches that might be, you know, cattywampus or whatever to make it look uh, aesthetically pleasing and help the growth of the tree. Um, but they'll also be plucking individual needles by hand. Everything is, it's very meditative, very intentional. And I think by doing that, it adds to the, um, yeah, the beauty of it too. You can tell that there's so much care. Mm. It's a nature connection too. I love this. I, I want to go now. One thing I saw on your website, it looks like this, you know, we're talking about going past, you know, there's hope and there's beauty and solace. Um, but it looks like it's also a place of celebration for those who 
you want to get hitched you know so there's also <laughs> yes. live, live celebrations maybe a passing but maybe the live celebrations of unity and unions yes we host a lot of weddings um, and we also do private rentals for engagements um, family photos and things like that too and um, some japanese gardens they really you know they really uh, focus on just the meditative and tranquil qualities of the garden which you know is absolutely valid it's a huge part of it um, but Japanese gardens in Japan in ancient times, I mean, they were a place for drinking parties, um, for the aristocrats to, you know, go crazy with music and, hey. you know, and, um, you know, lively games and things like that. And so it is important that we have things like that, too, because the garden, you know, we serve all. And so we need to make sure, yeah, we do have those, um, those fun times. So, yeah, we, ha we host weddings, um, but we have a lot of events as well. And I think this upcoming fiscal year, starting in July, I think we're going to have a major, major event um, every month. So I mean, a festival of, of some sort or an exhibit, in a sense, um, to really oh, kind wow. of show that we're a cultural institution as well. Ooh, sake tastings coming up. Well, yeah, we do have art and sake a couple times a year. So that involves um, our event coordinator bringing over um, a special guest from Japan to perform. The last art and sake we, ha we had was Rakugo, which is Japanese comedy um, performed by uh, ladies, and, but it was in all in English. So it was like Japanese stories and comedy in English, but the jokes were hilarious. I mean, their, their translations were really incredible, um, but they were all in beautiful kimono and they had the stage. And um, it's pretty uncommon to see Rakugo in America. So to have that experience was really incredible. And those, so with those experiences, yeah, we have, we bring in a lot of sake from Japan too. So it's a lot of fun um, to drink and laugh and it's a good time. <laughs> Linda, I think you must go to one of these. I, I want a full report. I want to oh, go. You know, oh, since I found out they have these wonderful events and they, the titles are so clever. They're very, they pull you in like the moon meditation workshop does that just Ooh. not sound like everything you could want for an end, end of the day or beginning of the day i mean it's just fabulous and they have these teas that are very hard to get into but they're wonderful <laughs> and uh paintings she's doing uh, a big what, nudge on you jessica like come on <laughs> pull some strings for this tea <laughs> i know i i could go on i mean the me and Eddieco, our event coordinator um we were looking through the the waiting list and i mean you know our waiting list is about 200 people but that's you know that's a one person's name but it could be representing a whole group of people so it's many years long and um what it comes down to is tonko kai our tea ladies they're completely volunteer and they're able to do it once a month and we don't want to push them too much more than that ideally we, we'd love to have them do more but it's it's completely volunteer and they put in so much work. They practice a few times a month as well. Um, but this way, by bringing in this kind of new tea tour, we want to try and find a middle ground um, to accommodate everyone for that. And so hopefully in the fall, we'll be opening up more bookings as well, um, maybe doing it a couple times a week, if not a couple times on in one day. Um, so we can really make sure people can experience Japanese tea culture and see the tea house and get the Roji Garden to, okay. uh, tour as well. Because you know Diva Linda is right here, you know. Well, and I should say too, in this uh, she is November, the diva. yeah, this November we're having a tea exhibit too for the first time. So it'll be a whole celebration of 
a global tea. So we'll be hosting. Oh, that is I cool. Like a, a live tea ceremony demonstration, but then we'll have, um, I think, a Chinese tea ceremony demonstration as well as a Korean one too. So it's just celebrating tea culture around the world. So that's going to be our first time doing that, and that'll be in November. Oh, or wow. December. This yeah, is exciting. Late, late November, early December. <laughs> okay. Well, everyone could go to the website. That that's the thing for yeah, yeah, it'll people be go there. to the website and, and follow on social media and everything too. Um, this is exciting. Viva Linda, yeah. you find some good spots, man. You find those hidden <laughs> gems, and she likes hidden gems because she likes gems. Well, who would know? I was looking up gardens, um, just you know, to see what kind of a garden I could uh, go. I'd already been to the Tucson Botanical Garden, which I love dearly. And uh, and here is this Japanese tea garden. I couldn't believe it. It was so exciting. And then it was even no better than this description. So uh, anyway, got to do it. I did it. I've done it at least twice. And I'll be, oh, I can't wait for the exhibit. You know, I have like 50 teapots. I don't know if you know that, but I've got. Well, you can come get some have, more. <laughs> I used to have a tea room within my house in one of the places I live. And I really got into it then. Uh, and then as we moved along, um, 50 teapots don't make quite as much sense <laughs> because where do you display them? But if you're ever short of a teapot, you give me a call because I've got tons of them. Teapots and snow globes. <laughs> and snow globes, yes. I had, oh. to stop, I had to stop collecting teapots and then I went on to snow globes. Yes, I love the sparkly theme of them the idea behind them as well so you know very sort of cool. have a pattern I but, guess. It, but it is connected right because the teapots are also um art you know and so all of it like you're saying a story behind it i mean when i when i had a jewelry business i got so stuck into the jewelry the story behind the jewelry because there were i was using certain beads and certain like shells and things that had these legends and the colors meant this and that that i I mean, it was like putting a painting together and, and, it, and I didn't even, you know, I was like, what, what am I doing? I'm doing the history of beads around the world and all these findings. And, and then I, I couldn't pull out. It, it is a big rabbit hole of joy. I love it. But that's the stuff we're talking about with this garden is that it's about slowing down. And I think our culture is starting to understand that. And as we shift into a lot of workers working remotely, they're able to go and get that little moment of Zen that instead of being in traffic in a car, go to these places, go back to work, and your brain is like, let's go. I've cleared those channels. I, I can think clearly. And, you know, employers want, you know, good thinking employees. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I feel so fortunate I can just walk out of the office and go to the garden and, and clear my head. And you really do feel um, rejuvenated, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier about like gardens and healing. Um, Dr. Kendall Brown, he's a pretty prominent um, North American garden uh, scholar. And he gave us a presentation during our 20th anniversary celebration um, that talked about you know, the, the purpose of gardens and everything. And he um, has been making some really incredible connections um, with the actual healing power of being in a Japanese garden. So a lot of hospitals around the U.S. are actually um, adopting Japanese gardens onto their campuses because their healing power is, is really incredible. And it's not like anything like 
you know, the magic healing of like touching a plant or anything. It's really just being in that present moment, connecting with nature, clearing your mind, and just just making that connection to to art. And it's it's um, it's been really healing for a lot of people. And so hopefully, um, being in downtown Phoenix, there's a lot of major hospitals down there. One of our goals in in the future, maybe in the next couple of years, is to implement a program where we can bring um, patients to the garden. They can have their own private hour to to really just meditate and focus on healing and their well-being um, because it, it does lead to some pretty incredible results. That's amazing. And and yeah. so many people that are going through trauma, you know, and going through health scares, health scares yeah. are really, that is traumatic. Um, yeah. I, I know people who have PTSD from health scares and and very serious and real ones. And so you, you're going through that, but then your, your, your body is also in shock and your soul, you know? So having these places, um, and Lord knows, I mean, we have enough drama going on in the world that people need some healing places to go. And there's nothing like a good cup of tea. There just isn't. (laughs) And a good glass of wine. Sorry. Yeah. And a a good margarita. (laughs) So I I love this. And Diva Linda always, always uh, bringing back some good, uh, you know, places for us to go and visit. Um, She's always finding good food for us good good things to drink but go to the website japanesefriendshipgarden.org again uh, diva linda you can follow her adventures at allingoodtaste.info she's on instagram as well and facebook and twitter and of course keep up with us at bigblendradio.com we can't wait to hear about your journeys in canada the wild waters of canada diva linda she'll be out there do you have a flag for the boat do you have a flag you have a flag yes we do. It's, in fact, it's, no, it's not out there. Alan was washing the boat today. So, uh, but yeah, we do. And it's uh, very interesting to, uh, when you're, when, like, when my son-in-law comes aboard, the tradition is he's German, he's a German national, then we'd fly the, the German flag along with the U.S. flag. I don't know if you know that, but that's kind of fun. That's and so nice. as we go along, we can see what other nationalities, like the, a lot of English people on the waters and so forth. So uh, very interesting. Oh, are you going to fly the Canadian flag? I don't. Well, we have it. So I'm, so, so I'm guessing we must. Yeah. I don't think you just go in there with your own, but uh, I'm going to buy a tea flag at uh, Victoria in Victoria this year. I'm going to go to the big princess hotel and uh, again this would be like my fourth time that's a that's a wonderful tea too that's a beautiful uh queen's tea sort of thing and uh <laughs> i'm always asked well why are sandwiches so small could we just pay for the big sandwiches <laughs> no <laughs> no it's not that's not how it is <laughs> not the way it goes well i love it that you're going to be there and this airs on july 1st which is canada day i think that's their canadian Independence Day, July 1st. So you'll be in Canada. So raising a glass of tea over there. And um, I will be in Kansas City. <laughs> it's, hey. Hi, Kansas City. Yeah. I do too. Ooh, Kansas I like that. City is beautiful. And you're going to be in Phoenix? Or are you going to Are you going to be in Phoenix, Jessica? Or are you going to go home to Anchorage for a few months or something? I wish. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in Phoenix though. Um, but luckily our office is air conditioned and then the garden, yeah, it's always nice and cool under the shade of the trees. So I can awesome. uh, take solace in there too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us. Have a wonderful summer. Diva Linda will catch up with you in about a month and see what, what 
uh, you know, damage you've done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm yes, just well, meaning shopping damage. That's what I mean. And you know, well, you, you know. Pike Place Market is on my list for this week. So we'll see. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's where I love to uh, stock up on everything but fish. So it's so lovely. Do you have so. wine on board? Wine on board. Yep. Okay. Beer on board. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Cider on board. All good. We're, we're ready to sure. roll. All right. Everyone, again, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you for joining us. It's been fun.